What's going on, everybody? Good evening. So glad you are here. I know there are so many other places you could be, uh, including like, different sporting things going on, different things with school. I know homework is piling up. It's getting to be the end of the quarter already, which is crazy to think about. Uh, and homework starts to pile up, but you guys chose to be here. And for that, I appreciate you. Those of you that are watching on YouTube, we're so glad that you're tuned in with us. Um, and if you can't be here in person, that's a great way to stay connected. But we would love to have you come join us here in person as soon as you're comfortable, as soon as you're ready and able. Uh, tonight we are starting a new series, which I'm excited about. We finished up our Uncommon series last week, and uh, we spent uh, four weeks in that. Well, this week we're starting a new series that we're calling Run, Return, Repent. And in this three-week series, we're going to take a, a, a strong look at the book of Jonah. How many of you guys grew up in Sunday school? Like you grew up in church, like you've been around church your entire life, and you, were, you know the story of Jonah, right? The Jonah and the whale, and, like, and then you got corrected when you got to middle school, like it actually wasn't a whale, it was a large fish that, that the, and like you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and over these next three weeks, we're going to take a look at that story, hopefully through a different lens than you've ever looked at it before. Because hopefully it'll challenge you, it'll push you uh, to, to change the way that you look at your life, the way that you live your life, the way that you do things, the way that you say things. Um, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to the book of Jonah. Um, I know, surprise, surprise, that's where we're going to be today. Um, but and while you're doing that, let me just tell you a little something. Have you ever had someone come up to you and say, can I tell you something? Anybody ever have that, that, that experience? Uh, I'll tell you that I've had that experience multiple times in my life, uh, sometimes from, from people that I know really well, sometimes from people that I, I don't know at all. Like I'll preach in a, in a church, maybe I'm a guest and I come in and I speak and, and like this person will come up to me and will say, can I tell you something? And I always get nervous in that moment because I don't know what's coming next. Sometimes it's a compliment, sometimes it's a request. Sometimes it's a complaint, and the worst thing that happens is when my wife will come up to me, my wife Amanda will say, can I tell you something? Because in that moment, my mind starts to race, right? In that moment, I start to go through the things, and, and like, I'm like, all right, maybe she wants to buy a new dog. Like, I could settle on that. Like, I'd be okay with a new dog. Or, or maybe, like, I'd be like, oh, man, she's leaving me. Like, what did I do? Like, why is she, like, like where's her bag? Like, did she pack her stuff up? Or even worse than that, she, like, in my, like my mind goes, oh man, is she pregnant? Like, ah, I'm not ready for number four, all right? Or even worse, I'll be like, man, am I pregnant? I don't know. Like, I, like my mind starts to go places that it doesn't belong, places that, that go nuts because here's the thing, guys, listen. Words are powerful. Words are powerful, and when someone walks up to you and says, can I tell you something, that phrase, that statement can carry a lot of weight. Because it could be followed up with a question of a lot of, um, with a lot of implications to it. Um, maybe um, something like, will you marry me? I love you. We need to talk. Uh, we found something on your scan. Uh, there's been an accident. You see, all those phrases that could follow up with, can I tell you something, can, can change the course of your life so fast. But here's the thing. When Amanda comes up to me and says, can I tell you something, you know what happens? Outside of my mind going every which direction trying to figure out what she's about to say, I listen. 
I listen to the words she has to say because I love her and I value her opinion and I value what she has to say to me. And whatever it is she says, I might not agree with it. I might not 100% align with what she has to say because maybe it's a complaint about something I did. Or maybe it's, it's, a, it's a problem she's struggling with. Or maybe it's, it's just like I didn't make the bed the way that she wanted it made. But I listen because I love her. And I know that whatever she has to say to me in that moment is valuable to me. And honestly, whatever comes out of her mouth after that phrase, can I talk to you? Can I ask you something? I'm going to do my best to comply because of my love for her. What if I were to tell you that God asks us that same question all the time? God asks us all the time, hey, can I, can I ask you something? Can I tell you something? And, and here's the thing. He does this to all of us. And we'll see that he does this to Jonah in a roundabout way. And often when God asks us that question, it's because he's getting ready to tell us to do something. And the most important thing for us to understand is not the question that's being asked of us, but how we respond. It's most important in how you answer that question. Which brings us to our series, Run, Return, Repent. The story of Jonah, it starts with God approaching Jonah and saying, hey, can I ask you something? Now, he might not say those exact words in scripture, but the thought process is the same. Because God, uh, God approaches Jonah. The word of the Lord, in verse, verse 1, chapter 1, says this. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Rise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it. For their evil has come up before me. Go. Go to Nineveh. Here's what you need to know. Here's, we're like, we're two verses in and we're already like at a bullet point, so listen up. <laughs> All right? What you need to know here about this is that God will call us to get up and go. And that's exactly what he does to Jonah here. He says, hey, Jonah, it's time. Uh, the wor- I, I'm, I need you to get up and go to Nineveh and call out against them. For their evil has come up before me. He's called to go to Nineveh and speak against them, correct them, challenge them. Let me give you a little background about Nineveh. Nineveh is not a great place for Jews. It's really not a great place for anybody. You see, it's an Assyrian city that was a huge city. This city was monstrous. It was miles around um, and it had an outer wall and an inner wall. And the outer wall, they say, is, could be somewhere around 60 miles. Huge, huge city. And it's right on the banks of the Tigris River. It, it's placed strategically where it, it's a strong, powerful city. 
But here's the thing. It may have been powerful and advanced and, and had these, all these different things, and, and, but it was so corrupt, so against what God w- would call uh, righteous. It was known in that time as the bloody city. I can, I can tell you, like, you could use your imagination as to why it had that nickname. It was called the Bloody City. It was full of fraud, lies, robberies, sensuousness, and, and sexuality, and, and, and violence, and witchcraft, and idolatry. Everything the Jews were against existed in Nineveh. And not just existed, but was prevalent, and it was everywhere. The soldiers were known for their brutality and their, cru- and their cruelty, it said that they would, they would bury people up to their necks and stake their tongues to the ground and then make them listen to Taylor Swift for, like, days on end. I mean, yeah, it's torturous, right? I mean, maybe the Taylor Swift part isn't exactly right. But you understand what I'm saying. Like, these guys were vicious. They were, they were terrors. And, and Jonah had every right to be scared. But students, I need you to hear me on something. And those of you that are watching online, listen very carefully Each one of you, each one of us has a calling on our lives. Some of the greatest things you will do for God will come through trusting and obeying God and his calling. Even when it's uncomfortable. Even when it's something that you don't want to do. I promise you guys, listen, that that they're so simple things to do. Trust and obey. They go hand in hand. Um, And when you do those things, I promise you, God will follow through. God God will take care of you as long as you trust him and obey him when he calls you to do things. But they got to go hand in hand. You You can't trust God and not obey him. And you can't obey God if you don't trust him. You see, they need to be both, not either or. We trust God, uh, we trust that Jesus forgives our sins, and we trust him with our eternal lives. And if you're a Christian, like, that's easy to do, because that's what Christianity is all about. Like, Jesus came and saved us, and we trust him with our eternal lives. Yet, in the stuff here on earth, we struggle. We struggle to trust and obey God. If we don't get the answers we want when we pray, we just try to do it ourselves. We want everything laid out and mapped out with us with turn-by-turn directions before we say, God, I'm all in. I know that's me. It's been the story in my life that I, I want every detail penciled out. I want every detail drawn out before I take that plunge. You guys know my family. You know our youngest, Kanika. Uh, she is adopted from Thailand. And I, if you know anything about the adoption process, especially international adoption, you know that so many things can happen. It can go south fast. Like, it goes left. It goes right. Like, there, there was a tsunami that hit Thailand while we were in the middle of the process of adopting her. So you can imagine the delays that happened there and the ups and the downs and the struggles that happened there. And there were so many times where we just had to trust God. We didn't have the answers. We didn't know when. Uh, we didn't know when we were going to get on a plane to go pick her up. We didn't know when we were going to get that phone call. But we just had to trust and obey because we knew that this was God's calling on our lives. We knew that this is what God had placed on our hearts, and we had to trust and obey Him. We couldn't just obey and not trust. 
They go hand in hand. And I think, I, I think after story after story where in my life where if I would just trust him and obey him, he'll guide me through it. But if I just obey and don't trust him and try to do it on my own, I fall flat on my face. Or if I say I trust him, but I don't do what he's calling me to do, I fail. You see, every one of us, just like Jonah, is being called to get up and go. Get up and do something. But here's the problem. Sometimes we run. If you know the story of Jonah, you know where we're going, because in verse number three it says this, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. From the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Jonah got up. He did that part well. When God said, get up, he got up. But instead of going, he ran. And if we're honest, that's us. And here's the thing I need you to understand. Go ahead and throw that map up on the screen. Like if you look at the, uh, the, the, the location, Joppa is where he gets on the boat. He's 550 miles from Nineveh. The boat, though, is traveling 2,500 miles, almost five times farther just to get away from what God is calling him to do. Just to be able to, to run and, and try to flee the presence of God. Have you ever wanted to run away from something? Have you ever had something in your life go south? And, and, and you, you just want to run and get away? I mean, maybe you were asked to do something that just was uncomfortable, that you just didn't want to do for whatever reason. And so you say, I'm, I'm out of here. Any guys ever hear the show, uh, I think it was on ABC for a while, called Wife Swap? Terrible show, but hilarious. The whole basis of the show is this, guys. Listen, so like there'd be two families from two polar opposite like backgrounds, right? And the wives would switch places for a week. And like the wife would be in charge of the other family. Like they would try to instill different rules, different different uh, lifestyles and all that. And it was just like this big socioeconomic experiment played out on TV. And there was this episode years ago that came on. And as I was preparing for this, this message, this clip kept replaying in my mind. And I found it on YouTube. So I want to show it to you guys because I think it kind of describes a little bit of what we go through when we're asked to do things we don't want to do. Let's show this video. I need you guys to help me in the kitchen to fill these. We can do I it. I don't like this crap. Definitely no cheese in the can. Very happy to be throwing this away. Bacon? No, I want my bacon. I gotta tell you something. Bacon is good for me. This is very You're mean. gonna be going to the grocery store. She thinks, at the blue, she's a smart little girl, that she can do whatever she wants. No, that's not how she can do it in our family. She's that like she's the queen, and we're the sorry people. Joy, I have been nice to you, but now I'm coming to the edge. I promise you one thing, okay? If you do not have at least one food that you like, 
I will buy you a piece of junk. Is that a deal? No, I keep losing at deals, and I don't want to make a deal anymore. I am leaving, and you can't stop me. I'm packing my bags. And a very, very calm day into this. A bump in the road comes, and it should be sarcastic. Curtis. I won't be coming back until Saturday when you leave. She's going to try to stop me, but she can't run those little high heels. Never see this face again. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like, how many of you, like, you felt that, like that hits you in the feels, like in the realm, like bacon got thrown away and taken out of his life, and that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, I'm out. Like, I'm out of here. Like, and it, here's the thing, guys, listen, I know that's a funny video, and like, it doesn't necessarily speak to you where you are, but I think if we're honest with ourselves, this is us. When, when things go south, when we're asked to do something that we don't want to do or we're uncomfortable with, whether it be from a friend, a teacher, a coach, um, a, God himself asks you to do something and you aren't comfortable doing it, our instinct is to just be like, I'm out. I'm going to pack my bags. I'm going to go home. And that's exactly what Jonah does here. He ran from God because God was calling him to do something that Jonah was uncomfortable with. He, he, he asked Jonah to go to a place that he was scared to go to because of the reputation of the people that he was going to go talk against. And Jonah fled. He ran. And we flee and we run in the same way when God asks us to do something that maybe we're not comfortable with. Maybe it's when you're at school and you see that kid that's struggling during lunch and, he's, and maybe they're, they're off in the corner by themselves and they're crying because they, something's going on in their lives and instead of you going out of your way to be like, hey man, is anything okay? Is everything okay? Can I, can I help you? You just walk away. You go the other direction. Or maybe it's, it's someone is being bullied, somebody's getting, getting harassed and abused, and you just turn the other cheek and you walk away. You don't pay any attention to it. You don't do anything to stop it. Maybe an opportunity for you to share your faith came up and you passed on it and kept your mouth shut. Maybe you, you've passed on talking to your friends about Jesus. Maybe you, you, you've, you've ran from the opportunity to invite somebody to come to church. with Whatever it is, whatever God's calling you to do that you're uncomfortable with, why are you running? Because here's the thing, guys, I need you to understand. When we get up and go, God is faithful to provide. But when we get up and run, God will always pursue you. And not only does he pursue you, but he will provide for you. That's the thing I love about God in this story of Jonah is that he doesn't like Jonah run and God just doesn't go, all right, next man up. He doesn't just like wash his hands of Jonah. No, he cares about Jonah, so he pursues Jonah. If you look at the rest of chapter 1, uh, it talks about that. It talks about how the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea, and the ship threatened to break up. And the story goes on where the, the guys on the ship with Jonah are freaking out, and Jonah's underneath, and what is he doing? He's sleeping. 
But he had already told them that he was running from the presence of God, right? And, and, and God sends the great wind. He sends the storm in to get their attention, to pursue them. And in that moment, Jonah wakes up and, 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 and he, he basically comes to the conclusion of, hey, just throw me overboard. You guys will be okay. It's God that's pursuing me. He just doesn't care about you guys. You guys are being punished for me. Just go ahead and pick me up. Throw me overboard. And they do. They throw him overboard. <coughs> Excuse me. And they cry out to God. Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not in innocent blood for you. Lay, lay, us, lay on us innocent blood for you, O Lord, and then the men pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. But then catch this next part. You see, God pursued Jonah in that moment. But then God also provided. As Jonah was running, God didn't let him die. God easily could have been like, all right, he's been thrown overboard, he's in the sea. Like, all right. I'm done with that one. That one didn't work out so well. But no, it says in verse 17, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Here's what I need you to understand about this part of the story, is that even when Jonah was running from God, God continued to use him. Reluctantly, but the, people, the, the men on the ship with him start crying out to God. They have an experience with God. They are, they're exposed to the power of God. The moment they throw Jonah into the sea, the waves stop. Could you imagine being in that boat, experiencing that, where your life is in danger, you, you're in fear for what's going on around you, and you pick up the guy that supposedly claims that it's his fault, and you throw him in the water, and the sea becomes like glass. God constantly pursues you. He never gives up on you. I don't care how many times you run from him, God's always there. You can't outrun God. Even though Jonah was trying to go like 2,500 miles away from where he thought the presence of God was, God never left his side. God was continually pursuing him. God was in control the whole time. You need to understand that. The sovereignty of God here in this story. God is the one who sent the storm. God is the one who calmed the seas. God is the one who sent the fish to swallow up Jonah. God often provides in ways that we wouldn't expect. There's no way Jonah expected this outcome. Do you think in his wildest dreams, like as he's getting picked up by like these fishermen and, and these merchant sailors, that they throw him overboard? Like as he's flying over the ship and he's like getting ready to hit the water, do you think he goes, man, I wonder if there's going to be a big fish here that's going to eat me up? No. That was nowhere in his mind. But God provided. He pri provided in a way that, we, that Jonah would never expect. 
God pursues, God provides. God calls us to get up and go. But then here is the most important part, guys. I need you to understand this, and and if you hear anything, hear this. When God calls us, he equips us. When God calls us to do something, no matter how uncomfortable it is, he is going to give you the means to be able to do it. Even when you run, he's never going to stop equipping you. Even when you run, even when you flee and try to flee the presence of God, he will pursue you and he will provide for you and he will equip you. If God is calling you to do something that's out of your comfort zone, listen to me, students, trust that he will provide for you as you obey him. Trust that God will provide as you obey him. I need you to understand this, that God has called each and every one of us just like he called Jonah. The story of Jonah will continue on, and over the next, couple, next two weeks, we'll unpack the rest of the story. But for tonight's purposes, I need you to understand this part. Jonah was called to do something uncomfortable. Jonah was called to do something that was scary. Jonah was called to do something that could possibly cause him to lose his life. Jonah didn't trust God. Jonah didn't obey God. But God's mercy, God's love continued to pursue him and provide for him. Even though Jonah's lack of trust and lack of obedience was prevalent and it was overflowing in his life, God never stopped preparing him and pursuing him to do something great, as we'll discover later on in the, in the story of Jonah. There's a quote by a pastor from California who says this, God always uses imperfect people in, in imperfect situations to accomplish his perfect will. Every single one of us has run. Every single one of us has had a point in our lives where God has asked us to do something, and we said, yeah, I'm out. Or we didn't trust him enough to do what we're supposed to do. Or we didn't obey and do what he has called us to do, because maybe it was hard, or maybe it was uncomfortable. But I promise you, that if you pursue him, if you, excuse me, if you trust him and obey him, he will provide for you. And those things that are difficult that he's calling you to get up and go and do become a whole lot easier. I promise you that, that God will continue to use you. God will continue to guide you and direct you. He will continue to lead you and provide the resources you need, provide you with the strength and the courage and the will to be able to do whatever he has called you to do. Trust and obey him in that. When you don't trust and obey him, you're just making it more difficult on yourself. 
I mean, look at Jonah. If in that moment where God said, hey, I need you to get up and go to Nineveh, if he would have just said, okay, God, I'll go. I'll go to Nineveh. I'll do what you told me to do. Guess what? He would never be thrown overboard on a ship. He wouldn't have to spend three days in the gut of a giant fish. He would never, as you'll learn in the next uh, passage that we get to it, never have to be vomited up on the beach. It's like one of my favorite passages, like favorite verbiages in Scripture. All those things would go away if he would have just obeyed. If he would have just trusted that God would provide, trusted that God, when he calls us to get up and go, that he will provide and he will equip when we trust and obey him. When we run, we make it more difficult. We make it a struggle when it doesn't have to be. So here's my challenge to each and every one of us. When God calls you to do something uncomfortable, something difficult, trust him. Trust that he'll take care of you. Trust that he'll provide for you. Trust that he'll equip you. For the last year, or nine months or so, we've been challenging you to get outside of your comfort zone. To invite people to come with you to church. To have gospel conversations with people. To share your faith. Have you accepted that challenge? Have you trusted God? Have you obeyed him in that calling in your life? Because that's just not a calling that like we've put on you. Like That's not a cross-life students thing. That's a Jesus thing. Jesus has called us to share our faith. He's called us and told us that we need to go and tell people about who he is. Are you doing it? Or are you running? It's time that we stop running from what God has called us to do. It's time that we step up to the plate. It's time that we engage and attack what God has called us to and stop running from it. Will you join me in that challenge? My goal for my life is that I will forever be a person that lives my life in obedience to God's will. I hope that's, it. that's your goal as well. Stop running. Stop running from what God has called you to. Whatever it is in your life. Maybe you know that that you're, you're supposed to go into full-time ministry. You've had that call placed on your life, and you've just been fighting it. You say, no, that's not for me. God, I know at a missions conference two years ago, I said, I want to be a missionary. I want to go on in the mission field. But I just don't think that's it anymore. You got scared. You ran. Maybe it's, it's just an act of obedience of baptism. Maybe you've given your life to Christ 
and, and, and you, you've gotten saved and, and you're a Christian, but you've just never taken that step of obedience of, of being baptized before the church to publicly identify yourself with the church. And you're scared and you run from that. Stop running. Be obedient. If that's you, man, come see me after. I want to get you lined up for baptism. There's nothing I enjoy more than celebrating baptism with students. We got to baptize Lindsay on Sunday, and that's just a joy for me to be a part of. Like, I love that aspect of ministry and celebrating new life in Christ and baptizing people. Maybe that's you. Stop running from that. Or maybe you've, been, you've had that call on your life, like God's been picking at your heart, and he's been knocking on the door of your heart, and you know that you need to surrender him, you know that you need to trust him, you know that you need to ask him to forgive you of your sins, but you keep running from it, because you don't want the, the accountability that comes with being a Christian. You don't want the, the, the pressure of trying to live a righteous life. Stop running from it. Because God's never going to stop pursuing. His love will never stop pursuing you. Stop running from it. Answer that call. Surrender your life to him tonight. Give him your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Whatever it is you're running from that God has called you to, Now's the time to stop. Because Jonah ran and made it extremely difficult on himself. And you'll see that God continued to use him. But imagine what he could have accomplished in the first go. Stop running. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you. Lord, for the story of Jonah. We thank you for your word and the way that it leads us, the way that it challenges us, the way that it equips us. Lord, I thank you for the fact that we can trust you and obey you, that you have the best, our best interest in your heart. Lord, that you care about us, you love us, and you would take care of us, you'll provide for us, you'll equip us if we would just trust and obey Lord, I thank you for the fact that even though we run and we, we try to get away from you and we try to get away from the call that you've placed in our lives, that you continually pursue us in the way that you pursued Jonah. Thank you for that protection and that pursuit. But God, right now in this moment, I pray for every student in this room, everyone watching online, Lord, that, that we would stop running from what you've called us to start running towards what you've called us to. Help us to trust you. Help us to obey you. Lord, I pray if there's one in this room that needs you in, your li- in their lives, that you've been knocking on their hearts, Lord, that you've been pursuing them, but they've kept running from you, Lord, I pray that in this moment that they would give their lives to you that they would have that conversation with you right now. They would say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to forgive me of my sins. I need you to to wash me clean. Say, God, I trust you. I want to obey you. I make you number one in my life. 
God, I pray for that if there's one in this room that needs to submit and stop running from baptism, Lord, that they would take that bold step of faith and obedience to your word and they would make their faith public through the act of baptism. So that the church can celebrate with them their decision to follow you. Lord, I pray for every student in this room, everyone watching online, Lord, that you would touch their hearts right now in this moment. Lord, as we finish up with a time of worship and reflection, Lord, I pray that you would touch our hearts, Lord, that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would guide us and direct us in this moment. Lord, I pray that if there's burdens in this place, that they would be laid at the altar right now. Lord, I pray that as we, as we sing this song of worship to you, that we would see your face, that we would, we would celebrate who you are and what you've done for us, and we would give you all the honor and glory for it. Lord, help us to stop running. Stop running from you, trying to outrun your presence because we can't. You'll constantly be pursuing us. Help us to trust and obey. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship together, guys.